Daniel Rich is going to join us after 7.30, announcing his retirement yesterday and also my story about the uh, former AFL star who has had to quit his job due to ongoing issues with concussion. Yeah, this doesn't sound great. No, it's not great. Let's go to Adelaide. Michelangelo Rucci, of course, Kimbo and Rucci on SENSA. Charlie Dixon and Mitch Georgiades have signed new contract extensions. Rucci, great news. Good morning, George Artis for four years, Dixon for one more, um, and neither of them will be seen at the Gabba on Saturday night. Mm. Dixon carrying a foot injury, which uh, was very notable by Friday last week when he was just walking laps with Ken Inkley at Alberton that he wouldn't be available for the qualifying final. And the big test today is whether Trent McKenzie will be okay with his knee injury to uh, help Port Adelaide out in some very, very challenging defensive matchups that they'll have up at the Gabba. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now, just quickly on Miss Georgiades, I lost, of course, the connection to WA, but he made a lot of noise saying, look, he had no intention of coming back to WA, despite the fact that everyone was trying to link him to either mm. Fremantle or West Coast. That's that's a good sign. Um, that's a good sign for the club and for him to get that extension, considering the knee injury that he's currently carrying. More so when he might have been tempted to look at uh, what was further east, you know, whether there was an opportunity mm. in Victoria. Because what he was keen on was making sure that he could actually get a game a week. Now, at this point, with that serious knee injury that's put him out for a fair while, I dare say the uh, the clubs that he would have been interested in talking to in Melbourne weren't prepared to actually look at someone who was on an injury list. So he's four years at Port Adelaide. We'll see how that one plays out for him and his ambition to be a, a regular player as well. It's probably the toughest road trip in football at the moment. Brisbane at the Gabba. Roach, what's mm. the expectations for Port Adelaide? Well, the key still, Scott, is to see what sort of lineup they put together because, OK, Dixon, we can put a line through. Todd Marshall's an interesting one as well. He missed the last game and hasn't been looking right for many weeks. We now understand why he hasn't got penetration in his kick because he's had an issue with the hip that goes through the groin, so that will make it very difficult to lift your leg. Uh, McKenzie's very important for them that they get him back. It's um, you know, so many challenges for them in what they get when they set up their defence against that very, very interesting Brisbane attack. Now, what we do know is Port Adelaide's midfield is just humming at the moment. When you look at what Zach Butters, Connor Rosie, Ollie Wines, Jason Horn, Francis, Travis Boak are doing, that's that's probably where it's really the key. And it has been in all the Port Adelaide-Brisbane games for so many years. Now, they haven't won at the Gabba since 2017. They've had some interesting games since then. Um... But yeah, you're right. It's the, Brisbane hasn't lost up there since August last year, so it's yeah, it's a pretty tough trip for them. Yeah, I think they can win at Port. I think they're right in this up to their eyeballs. Oh, hello, hello. Now, now they're okay. Mm, yeah, just... three weeks ago they weren't going to win. They weren't going to make the GF, and now they're going to win a qualifying final in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, Richie. Flip flops like there's no tomorrow. It's amazing. Yeah, and Rich doesn't forget, mate. <laughs> Kim Gossage in Kane Corns clothing. Never known a bloke to flip flop more than Kane. Yep. I'll tell you what, you'd be good at a two-up game, wouldn't you? <laughs> he has heads and tails every Mark time. Michael Andrew joins us. Good on you, Roach. You're a good man. Appreciate it. Good on you, legend. Uh, Jeff Smith's up there in Sydney, Fox Sports. G'day, Jeffrey. G'day, boys. Long time no speak. Yeah. How are you going? Yeah, no, real good, mate. Uh, of course, coming off the bye. Hey, Sam Taylor, any chance of playing? 
Yeah, big chance, lads. Absolutely. I reckon he was about 90% on Saturday. I didn't train with the main group, just did his own sort of running. But um, So he's tracking pretty nicely. The big question is, do you take him if he's not 100% right um, with potential risk of further injury? Like, I mean, how much do you back your team without him to get it done and then bring him in a week later for a semi-final to give you a push to make a, um, a prelim, you know. I reckon that's where it's at. They've got to make a call. Can they get the job done without him if he's not 100% right? Because the picture might be a little bit bigger than the Saints this week. That's the that's where I reckon the Giants' decision has got to be made. But in saying that, Max King was pretty good against the Giants earlier in the year when Sam Taylor was out. He kicked four. So the matchup on him will certainly come into play. But at the moment, I reckon 90% on Saturday. A couple of days uh, later, I reckon he's, he's probably tracking pretty close. Mm. Well, they need him. They need him big time. But uh, Toby, Toby Bedford, obviously, is a, uh, a loss for them, which they uh, won't get back. But over, over t- mate, seriously, you got to teach your daughter some discipline, please, mate. Sometimes Daddy has to work. Hey, uh, Pap- <laughs> Papley uh, at the Swans. Obviously, we know how crucial he is. He's likely to return. Well, yeah, yeah. So he should be right from that hamstring. But these small forwards, they're, they're absolutely dynamic at the moment, aren't they? Like you mentioned, Toby Bedford. Brent Daniels was the other one for the Giants last weekend that was uh, mm. super important for him, linking up, coming off half back. So uh, Tom Patley, we know how important he is for the Swans. So he should be back in. Uh, and they're riding a bit of momentum, the Swans. If you got your head around the AFLW on the weekend, their first ever victory against the Crosstown Rivals too after they were slagging each other off during the week. That got everyone talking up here as well. So yeah, uh, a bit of momentum there at the Swans. Yeah, it was good. And the players in the stand going absolutely cocoa bananas. It was, it was wonderful it. club uniting. Brilliant stuff. Hey, mate, before we let you go, can we get the abridged version of how you went in barefoot bowls at the weekend? Oh, uh, I tell you what, was I surprised myself how well they were coming out? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, if they do do, if they do a cracker jack sequel, I'm I'm expecting a phone call. Yeah. There was some exceptional stuff here. So uh, yeah, next time you're over this way, boys, I'll take you out and give you a few pointers. Yeah, nice work. Good on you. Barefoot bowls, couple of schooners. Yeah, roll them down, mate. Good on you, Smithy. There he is, Jeff Smith, Fox Sports Sydney. Let's go oh, down. Boy. Yeah. So yep. Uh, let's go down to his counterpart, Drew Jones, good West Aussie boy. Uh, it's yeah, all about barefoot bowls too. Yeah, you know, he gets around the street barefoot. Doesn't just not. Well, he's a completely barefoot hobo. Uh, Collingwood, Melbourne, Carlton, uh, they've all been pretty busy and there's lots of uh, focus on how they're going to go. Hey, the talk about Melbourne, uh, Jonesies, we appreciate your time, uh, with with um, Brody Grundy speaking to Port Adelaide. I, I know he's not going to play for Melbourne, but it must be unsettling inside the group that a player's having meetings with rival coaches when his, team's, his team is right up into the premiership race up to their eyeballs. Really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I've been fascinated by that um, and the openness with which, I guess, the information got out. And from Grundy's point of view, with four years left on a contract, falling out of favour, I suppose, with Simon Goodwin and, and partnering Max Gorn, he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be valued as an number one ruck and you know, Port Adelaide or potentially Sydney look, you know, really great destinations for him. So he's got to have conversations about his future. But I would say, in an ideal world... It would be nice if that distraction wasn't there for the demons, and they'll deny that it's a distraction. But to know that your teammates sort of not focused on the current finals mm. run and is thinking about next year mm. wouldn't be ideal. Um, he's not going to get picked for Thursday night because there's rain and hail forecast, and they're playing against Collingwood, who you know don't have a dominant ruckman in, in Darcy Cameron. So he's certainly not in the mix to play this week. You know, 
That's not to say that he wouldn't be a chance to play later on in the finals, but this wouldn't be doing him any favours. No, I like it. Distract them. Distract that. He'd be more chance. He would be more chance. He's more needed by Collingwood as their ruckman. <laughs> he's better than Darcy Cameron. I know I he took the that. money. I understand all that, and it was a clean out. I get all that. He's much more needed by Collingwood than he is by Melbourne. I, to be perfectly honest, and nothing personal, I don't think he's as good as oh wow suggest that he is. Oh, I do. I think as a ruckman. But anyway, I, uh, I'm imagining Jonesy that the uh, the hype around Carlton would be strong. The blue bagger supporters will be uh, out in in force. What's the latest down at Icon Park? Huge for Carlton. Yeah, it's that, this is the hardest ticket to get. Is Friday night? Everyone wants one. Um, we get a, a little email goes around at work where you can apply for tickets, and there a few people accidentally replied all. Um, <laughs> oh, no. And they were all, they were all after Carlton tickets. Yeah, all wow. after them. So, yeah, it's, I reckon they could have sold the G twice over, at least. And that's just Carlton fans. There'll be, you know, there's some City fans who'll be coming along, the old South Melbourne ones. Yeah. But it's going to be, it's going to be big. And the fact that it's a Friday night, I feel like if the Blues get it done, mm. they'll be walking straight into Richmond, taking over that joint. The uh, the Richmond Club Hotel, Scotty, I'm sure you've done a bit of damage there. <laughs> and we all have. And that'll, that'll be going off. I think it was with you. The old reply all, it gets a lot of people done that. That's a tallback topic. Hey, Josie, you're a fan of Ella Roberts' work? How good is she? We, we were on the Ella Roberts bandwagon last year. She probably, uh, the bar was a little bit high for her last year. She was only just coming out of school. But you saw her play in the AFLW Derby over here in WA. She was the best player by a mile, Ella. even though she shared the honours of coaches' votes, which I found absolutely ludicrous. She was a class above anything else on the ground. Yeah, sorry, was you just dropping in and out? Yeah, Ella, like her style, I remember there being a bit of hype around her when she arrived at West Coast last season, but her, her aerial work is as good as any I've seen in the AFLW. Mm. And then ground level, smooth mover with ball in hand, pretty silky. So, you know, her and Oscar Allen, as the two faces of West Coast going forward. It's a pretty good fit, I reckon. Yeah, she's a gun. Absolutely a gun. Appreciate your time, Jonesy. Drew Jones is going to be very busy this week working all those Victorian clubs for Fox Footy and Fox Sports News. So to Michael Whiting now up in Queensland. Good morning, Fish, and we'll be talking to Daniel Rich uh, shortly, but uh, obviously with his announcement that uh, he's done at the end of the season, do you see any hope for him getting a little last-minute reprieve and one more game? Hey, guys, I think it'll um, require an injury or two, probably. There is hope. He's he's hoping to play in the VFL this weekend, which is a, a big step forward for him. He's had those couple of back-to-back hamstring injuries and the availability had a question mark over it. But, hey, he plays this weekend. And, honestly, it only takes yeah probably one or two injuries, a Kitty Coleman or someone mm. does his own hammy or, or something happens and, and Richie's right back in the frame. So I think it's unlikely but the door's still open for him. And the fact he's going to get on the park this weekend is a major step forward. Hey, Fish, we've, been, we've already spoken to Michelangelo Rucci and there's been all the chatter about, you know, the Brisbane, you know, they, they, they're going to be gifted, they're gifted the opportunity of getting right through to the grand final, the MCG, don't have to leave Brisbane, blue, blah, blue. They've got to get past his first one. There's a real push for Port Adelaide. And do, do you sense there's some sort of trepidation or tightening uh, uh, around the sphincter for um, <laughs> for, for Brisbane? Yeah, I, do you think they're a little bit choky-choky? Uh, I, I don't notice it yet, but they should have their antenna right up. I, I think they're a major threat, Port, and it's mainly centred around that midfield. Lockie Neal just spoke to the media and he got asked about Port's midfield. And, of course, he's going to talk them up. That's this weekend's opponent. But he said in terms of 
diversity and balance. He thinks they're probably the best midfield in the comp with the power and strength of uh, Quandrosi, Butters, uh, the power of Wines, uh, Jason Horn francis And they obviously tore Brisbane apart in round one. A lot's changed since then for both clubs, but I think that's pretty fresh in Brisbane's mind. That midfield just ran right against Neil Dunkley and co. And that's if there's to be an upset on Saturday, that's where it'll happen, just that speed and power out of the midfield. Uh, if, they win a, if they can win enough ball and get it forward. We know Port can score, so I, I don't sense that they're tightening just yet. But I reckon if they're a goal or two down late in the third quarter, <laughs> things will get tight real quick. I uh, know they're not playing finals, uh, Fish, but just down the highway, the excitement's still around Gold Coast with Damien Hardwick re-signing. But I reckon one bloke who's not excited would be Marby or Chole. There's nothing worse than when the coach who uh, trades you or sacks you then gets the job at the club that you've gone to a few years earlier. Do you reckon he'll still be there? Yeah, you're right, Scotty. Um, I did think of Marbio almost straight away <laughs> once Dimmer got the job. Brandon he, he left Richmond. Yeah, Brandon Ellis. Well, Brando's got one more year left on his contract, and he's probably coming towards the end. But, you know, Marbio is probably in the, in the middle of his career, or what he'd hope to be in the middle of his career. He left Richmond seeking greater opportunities at Gold Coast, which he got last season. But he was on the outer this year, and that was with both Stewie Dew and Stephen King. He only played a handful of matches got two years left on that deal. So I get the feeling with, with Jed Walter um, about to walk in the door as a much-hyped um, top two or top three academy draft pick this year, playing as a key forward, I think the chances for Marby or to play senior footy are going to be slim in the future. And if he can get a look in elsewhere, if I was him, I'd certainly be looking for it. Good on you, mate. Appreciate it. Michael Whiting did a busy time with, uh, of course, the Brisbane Lions in the finals. And uh, we'll be chatting with Daniel Rich after 7.30. Michael Whiting, afl.com.au. How am I going?